This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If FBI informant Mickey Windecker has a favorite movie, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. The Punisher. In certain extreme situations, the law is inadequate. In the 2004 film, actor Thomas Jane plays a guy named Frank Castle, whose family is murdered by the mafia. As a result, he becomes a bone-crushing vigilante on the hunt for his family's killers. The Punisher is an outlaw, a man who meets out his own brand of justice as a way to make up for what he sees as the failures of the police and the criminal justice system. He's not bound by rules or laws. He's bound only by his own sense of morality and justice. He's judge, jury, and punisher. This is not vengeance. Revenge is not a valid motive. It's an emotional response. No, not vengeance. Punishment. Mickey, too, thinks of himself as being bound only by his unique sense of morality and justice. But there's more to it than that. Mickey wants to be the Punisher. And you know who helps make that happen? The FBI. I'm Trevor Aronson. From Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts, this is Alphabet Boys. Episode 4, The Punisher. I drive out to a nondescript apartment complex north of Denver. I knock on a first-floor unit near the parking lot, and Cassie Windecker opens the door, wearing sweatpants and a baggy T-shirt. The door opens to Cassie's living room, which has a floor-to-ceiling stripper pole in the middle. On the wall are movie posters for Beetlejuice, 
and Friday the 13th. Gothic decorations are strewn throughout the apartment. Halloween isn't anytime soon. Cassie's just really into the imagery. I start setting up my recording equipment. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, if it's video, that's gonna <laughs> suck. Cassie was working late the night before, and she's just rolled out of bed. She sees I have an audio recorder, not a camera, and she's relieved. Because I'm known as this model, like, <laughs> it might be good for a reputation, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm recording now. If you could just um, introduce yourself the way you like to be referred. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Cassie. Okay. Do you go by Cassie Windecker? Honestly, so the whole Vindecker thing, Windecker, I hate it. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of it. Um, I'm so tired of it. <laughs> Cassie started seeing Mickey in 2015, about five years before Mickey would become an FBI informant investigating racial justice activists in Denver. Cassie is Mickey Windecker's third ex-wife. Her hair is long and her eyes are green. She has gauges in both of her ears and tattoos all over her body, including a Halloween pumpkin on her neck, an anchor below one eye, and large letters across part of her forehead that read, Confidence. These days, Cassie works at a strip club and as an adult model online. She's known as Killa Cassie, Cassie with a K, if you want to look her up on Instagram. Cassie is short for Cassandra, you know, the Trojan princess in Greek mythology who uttered prophecies that were true, but were doomed to be ignored. To the extent she can, Cassie's been warning people about Mickey Windecker, who entered her life when he came to her aid over a torn ear. One of my gauges, well, my left ear lobe, it had ripped, and I made a status on Facebook, like, can anybody at a shop or anything, like, fix my ear? And he had commented on it, and he used to work at, like, all the strip clubs, he used to go to HearstCon, he did all the stuff I did. He was known as like the vampire guy, like the guy with the hearse, the cool guy, you know? Everybody loved him. And I go down there and like, he fixed my ear, which is cool. You know, it was fine. It's still fixed by him. Like he did a good job, but like, that's how I met him. Mickey and Cassie had been acquainted through Denver's goth scene and the Denver Hearse Association, an organization for people who drive around in hearses and want to show off their rides. The Denver Hearse Association publishes photos of young, beautiful women posing next to what some people call undertaker's limousines or, more crudely, meat wagons. Cassie was the Hearse Girl of the Year two years in a row. Mickey was known for driving around Denver in his hearse, for participating in zombie apocalypse cosplay events around town, and for playing a bit part in a locally produced grindhouse movie called Killer Inc., about a tattoo artist who doubles as a serial killer. About an hour into Killer Inc., two women, one blonde, the other brunette, pull into a wooded area in a black hearse. The hearse was one Mickey owned at the time, with a biohazard symbol painted on the hood. Jamie, Mickey's second wife, played the brunette. In the scene, both women get out of the hearse. I thought you were tired, Mickey's ex Jamie says as the blonde woman takes off her top. The two women then start making out in the back of the hearse as Mickey, baseball bat in hand, walks up and watches, peeping Tom style. He's flipping the bat in his hands as if getting ready to attack the two women. 
Just then, Killer Ink's main character sneaks up behind Mickey, snaps his neck, grabs the baseball bat, clubs one of the women, and then strangles the other with his bare hands. Mickey didn't get a single line in the movie, and honestly, his scene didn't make a whole lot of sense. But then, no one watches a Grindhouse movie for the story, I guess. Anyway, back when Mickey fixed Cassie's ear, this is what she knew of him. Her Sky, zombie cosplay, role in that Grindhouse movie. And at that time, Mickey had a girlfriend and Cassie a fiancé. But that didn't stop them from getting together. Yep, it was nuts because we didn't date. We didn't anything. We moved in together immediately. And then he, at my grandma's house, asked me to marry him within a couple days. It's typical military men, which is unfortunate. Not all of them, but a lot of military men, uh, they want to marry you right away. Because I've had it happen before. <laughs> I should have learned the first time. But those are at least real military men. Cassie's infatuation with Mickey wasn't based on any physical connection. I didn't even find him attractive the whole time, which was crazy. The infatuation was based on drugs, which, Cassie says, Mickey provided to her. My drug of choice was heroin and Xanax at the time. And on money, which Mickey appeared to have lots of, in cash. And he, he laid down all this money on his bed, like 10 grand, and he took a picture of it, and he sent it to me. And he was like, do you want to come home to this every day? And I was like, ooh, you know, all stupid about it. Some people are like that. I was very shallow with the money. Cassie says Mickey didn't work much. Not any sort of official job anyway. And the drugs he provided to her acted as a kind of leash. He could pull her in any direction he wanted to, so long as he had pills to offer. Their relationship could get pretty dark and violent. Many of Cassie's allegations about Mickey in this episode are impossible to corroborate. In most cases, she and Mickey were the only witnesses to the alleged behavior. But the claims Cassie makes about drugs, money, and violence are similar to others about Mickey that can be found in criminal and civil court files over the last two decades. Some of these claims are also documented in the FBI's internal reports about Mickey. Throughout their relationship, Cassie says Mickey was controlling. For example, he would go to the strip club when she was working and count the number of private dances she did in a night, and then calculate how much money she should have. And if I was short or, like, had too much, he would flip his shit. Oh, it was bad. Any money she earned was his. None of it was mine. And when we would go shopping, he'd be like, he'd drain me. And by the time I'd get to a store I wanted, Cassie, that's stupid. And it's just like, we're at Claire's. <laughs> like, let me get some cool stuff. I'm a girl, and I'm a stripper. I want some glittery perfume or something. That's stupid, and, you know, you're going to... Guys are going to want you. That's my job. I want them to want me so I get money. I hope you don't mind me asking this. Was, was he sexually or, or physically abusive? Yeah. So he would always, and this is, this is going to make me laugh because I do get nervous. I have a nervous laugh. He would always say, I don't know why, but I have sex in my uh, sleep. And I would say, huh, that sounds weird. I was like, wet dreams, you know, I can understand that. And I can understand fantasizing and, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a human being. We all do it. But no, he would literally have sex with me while I was asleep. And I, I would catch him. He would be wide awake. And I'm just like, 
I'm not a I'm not a, a woman that's like I need consent. You know, you're my husband. Totally cool. I tell every boyfriend and whatever this, you're totally fine. Do whatever you want when I'm asleep. So it wasn't like a rape thing or anything. I'm not. I'm not hashtag me too. I'm not doing that. But I will say, it'd be weird because he would only want to do stuff when I was like asleep, and I feel like that's so he could do what he wants, get it over with, and that'd be it. And whenever I wanted anything sexual, it was just like, I don't want to right now. My PTSD's acting up. Yada yada yada. But if you go do anything, like you're cheating. I'm like, how is porn cheating? How is anything, you know, besides another person cheating? I mean, he meant like masturbating would be cheating? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was a lot younger at the time too. And, you know, being on drugs and just, you know, you, you want to do that. And even, even anybody, come on, you know, 30, 40, 50, doesn't matter who you are. There's times when you're not getting anything. If you're not happy, you're going to want to masturbate. And he would like, he would, he would just abuse you for that. He would abuse you for being on your period. I remember <laughs> he used to have me put up a little red string when I was on my period because he hated the word period. He hated me talking about it. I had to go to therapy just to be able to learn how to talk about my female organs again and use the word period. And even I feel disgusted saying period because of Mickey. So... Yeah, he would, um, he would, he would say, women who bleed are disgusting. And I'm like, we all bleed, dude. How do you think you were made? How do you think you were on this earth ruining shit? (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh. I mean, this is all classic woman-hating stuff. But Cassie stayed. I don't really know what I was doing, to be honest. But it was just like, I was constantly getting spoiled, too. And I know that was probably dirty money. Think you know, he never worked. But it was like constantly, you know, every finger I had had a ring on it. Every finger. And one time out of curiosity I went to like, you know, get it tested. All of them were real. You know, real gold, real diamond. It's like wow. Did did he ever say, you know, where he would have gotten the money to buy that? Yeah. Cause once in a while I would ask. And if the gift was really big, I wouldn't even I'd be like, whoa. I'm not even going to ask. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It's kind of like that movie, The Goodfellas. You're like, what is he doing? But I don't know because I'm happy and I got nice dresses and shit. So I don't want to ask, you know, just go on your date. Mickey would tell Cassie that his father had owned a taxi company and left him a bunch of money. But that never made sense to her because Mickey's money came in erratically and always in cash. So one time... I remember we go to um, some type of like courthouse slash like just police station thing um, in Arapaho. And I remember I waited in the car again and he came back out and he was just like, here's a new iPhone. And I was like, huh? New iPhone, huh? And it was a government building that he got it from? Yes. And at the time, I'm just like, ooh, iPhone, like, you know, but then also I'm like, did he go in there? Because it was like evidence, you know, that it's a police station. Cassie began to suspect that Mickey was working with the cops. And that's how he was getting his money. More after the break.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So Cassie began to suspect that her new husband was secretly working for the police. Or maybe Mickey just liked pretending to be a cop. Cassie wasn't sure. Mickey, remember, has been accused multiple times in criminal and civil court proceedings of impersonating a police officer. One time we went downtown and we were near the library. There was this like water fountain thing by the library. A bunch of homeless people and like drug dealers hang out there. It's just kind of the spot to be when you're doing bad shit. So we're down there, and I'm kind of like, you know, why are we down here? I remember I was smoking weed, eating a hot dog, and I'm like, huh, this is weird. Why are we down here? And I kept asking him, you know, why are we down here? And his excuse was always like, oh, I'm going to take you somewhere to eat, but I'm on a cruise around and stuff. And there was this guy, you know, he like rolled up to the window, and he's like, hey, you guys want to buy anything? And Mickey was like, he, he went to grab towards his shirt, like he had a little intercom speaker and went, there's some activity going on down here. Uh, and he used some like weird code. I don't remember the code, so we'll just go with 4892-something. And the guy said, whoa, 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 put his hands up, the drug dealer. And he goes, dude, please, I'll, I'll do anything. And then Michael pulls out his iPad, grabs it, takes a picture of the dude, and is like, again, reaching for like his upper shoulder. And he's like, 902, we got a da-da-da-da-da cha-cha-cha to the left to the right boom boom bam and the guy just he runs and michael literally we're in my honda civic chasing this dude and i'm like why are we chasing this guy like what did he do to you and he was just like shut up cassie like just shut up like he wouldn't tell you he'd just be like shut the fuck up like and he would like abuse you while you're like you know like shut up like use force like press you down on your seat type like you know when you're about to get in a car accident and somebody holds you back he would do that in my car. It wasn't his car. 
I remember at that moment, I was like, he just impersonated a whole ass cop. And I was right there. Can I get in trouble? Like, what in the fuck? <laughs> like, whoa. And the way he did it was just so nonchalant and so natural. He's done this before. And he's doing it again. Mickey had an obsession with the Punisher, the Marvel Comics anti-hero. And he's not alone. The Punisher logo, a skull with long teeth, has been widely adopted as a symbol by police officers and pro-police Blue Lives Matter demonstrators. It's not uncommon these days to see t-shirts and flags adorned with the Punisher logo, an American flag, and a thin blue line. During the summer of 2020, the Punisher became a symbol of police solidarity against the Black Lives Matter movement that was critical of American policing. Some of the January 6th insurrectionists also wore clothing with the Punisher logo. Anyway, back to Mickey. Anything you see, the Punisher logo's on it. Anything you see. And he would always wear the Punisher necklace, even when he took a shower or a bath. Like, never came off. Just like a big kid. In the worst way. In the worst way. It's awful. Cassie says that obsession bordered on identity crisis. He literally thought he was the Punisher. And the Punisher's badass, so that's a disgrace. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But yeah, no, he he definitely thought that was who he was. And that's that's the hard part, right? When you're dealing with a psychopath or somebody who's narcissistic, they believe themselves so much that they will believe their own lies to the point where it becomes true. They lie to themselves so much to where if they were to take a polygraph, they'd pass it because he believes he's the Punisher. If you ask, are you the Punisher, Michael Vendecker? Yes full-heartedly, he would pass with flying colors. Because when you believe something, you become that thing. And narcissists, that's the number one rule that they have. It's like Fight Club, you know? That's their number one rule. Believe what you think. In the comic book series, the Punisher is a Marine. But Mickey? I couldn't find any record of him ever serving in the U.S. military. And as far as I can tell from court records... Mickey's never been one for steady employment either. He was divorced twice before he married Cassie. And in one of those divorce filings, Mickey listed that he was unemployed and had been unemployed. But people who knew Mickey also told me that he was flush with cash, always with wads of money in his pockets. Where'd the money come from? Why do you have so much money? And he's like, you like money, that's why you got with me. And it's just like, okay, you have a point. (laughs) True. However, now's the time to ask questions. Because I could show you where I get mine. I bust my ass, literally, on a pole. What are you doing? I remember when I said that, he got really pissed and left again. Took the car again. And I would just go walk to friends' houses. Because it's like, you took my car. So I would just go walk. And it was like, he'd come back in the night and just flip it around. And he'd do that creepy shit where he'd like sit in the corner with the cigar on all dark. So you could just see like the cherry of it all red. And then he'd flip the light on and be like, where have you been? Just as he did when he introduced himself to the racial justice protesters in 2020, Mickey wore military fatigues when he was married to Cassie. He had patches all over his shirt, the kind that looked like they have to be earned in battle. He spoke some Kurdish and he told Cassie he'd fought in Iraq. But she soon learned that his uniform and patches weren't exactly 
standard issue. He'd buy his uniform at the local army surplus store, and those patches, he'd get them printed at a local shop. We'd go to Colorado Mills a lot because they do, like, screen printing and patches and stuff, and he's always like, Kurdish this, Kurdish that, and there was actual, like, Kurdish people who worked there. Oh, they hated him because they were like, this is illegal. But he pumped him up so much and made him believe that he was actually Kurdish like, because he learned the language. One day, Mickey began telling Cassie that the Peshmerga, the Kurdish fighting force in Iraq, had called him up for duty. She had to buy his plane ticket, which, even then, she thought was strange, considering that he was being called up. But whatever, Cassie thought. Maybe that's how it works with the Kurdish forces? So Mickey, the Punisher, in his own mind, flew to Iraq to join the Peshmerga fighting the Islamic State. But Mickey's tour in the Middle East didn't last long. I spoke to several people who were with Mickey in Iraq, and few of them wanted to be publicly associated with him in any way. You know how when you first meet people or either go to a job, you know, everybody wants to do like a little round table, introduce yourself, stuff like that. Well, that's what we did. One of these guys agreed to be recorded if I didn't use his name. He remembered meeting Mickey when he first arrived in Iraq. And Mickey, out of everybody, uh, he was like, yeah, uh, I'm retired sergeant major of the army, which I already knew that was bullshit because the dude was only like 40 years old, 42, something like that. But he was like, yeah, I was retired from the French Foreign Legion after 10 years. So obviously all that time doesn't actually add up. How much combat did, did Mickey see in, in Iraq and Syria when you were with him? Oh, let's see. So our very first fright firefight, he showed up very, very late, like right at the tail end of the firefight. I mean, he was going around telling everybody he was a demolition specialist. He was going around literally cutting wires off of IEDs. So he could have got anybody killed, you know, in the vicinity. Was he a skilled fighter or, or you know, like how would you describe no. him? No. Okay. No. Call of Duty. There you go. <laughs> he got most of his training from video games? Uh, I'd say more or less TV. When Mickey was with the Peshmerga in Iraq, he'd post pictures of dead bodies on Facebook. Sometimes he'd pose with them. These pictures always seem suspicious to me because the bodies Mickey would pose next to appeared to have been dead for a while. I found a guy named Alan Duncan a Scottish volunteer fighter for the Peshmerga. At the time I contacted him, he was in Kyiv, helping Ukrainian forces as a medic during the early months of the Russian invasion. How are things in, in Kyiv for you? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's fine. It depends on the part of the city that you're in. You know, the sirens go off every now and again, but um, there's no blanket carpeting. Uh, they seem very targeted at the minute, you know. Duncan knew about Mickey's tour with the Peshmerga, and he told me that it wasn't uncommon for Americans to come to Iraq, take pictures, and then return home as if they were war heroes. There is this really suspicious photo uh, that I saw he had posted where it looked like um, 
it was it was i assume it was a an isis fighter it could have been another fighter but it, it, this guy had clearly been shot in the head and his body had been out for quite a while like just based on the deterioration uh-huh. and mickey is standing over it like he killed the man and it's like uh, i think that body's been there a while you know it's like, but it, 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 it seemed like that that he was just trying to kind of you know take pictures that put himself in the in the action kind of thing Pretty much, yeah. He probably went down a few days later. That's probably what it is. He yeah. was probably there for a couple hours, and then they took him away back wherever he was living it up. This is all in line with what Cassie was hearing back in Denver. Mickey had bragged to some of his Kurdish comrades that he was married to a model back in the United States. And some of those men looked up Cassie online and started messaging her. And it was pretty cool. And I was having people send videos of, I love you, Killa Cassie, and I, oh, I love you, you know, in their language, and I was felt so loved. And they would tell me things. They'd be like, Mickey is like a volunteer. Mickey is just having fun all day sleeping. Like, telling me the truth. In Iraq, the American volunteers began complaining about Mickey in private conversations, as well as on social media. One of Mickey's fellow American fighters posted to Facebook, Fucker is a liability to us. We would like to ship his ass out. After just two months in Iraq, Mickey arrived back at the Denver airport. He said he was honorably discharged. Portraying himself as a war hero once back in the United States, Mickey would tell everyone he could that he was a Kurdish diplomat and that he had diplomatic immunity. He uses that tooth and nail at the restaurants. If, if this food comes back wrong... He'll be like, I'll beat your, the shit out of you. I got the diplomatic immunity. Any chance he gets, that word comes out of his mouth like it's saliva. And Mickey also started providing information to a small local police department outside Denver. He began giving officers a lot of tips. And that started to annoy the cops. That's after the break. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. After Mickey had returned from Iraq, Cassie kicked drugs and left him. I got out. I got my cats. Didn't even grab my stuff. I just got the cats. Mickey threw everything in the trash. It's like, whatever, it's material. I'm not. Me and my cats, we're not material. We, well, they're, we're literally going to die. We need to get out. But a couple of weeks after leaving him, Cassie needed to return to Mickey's apartment to collect her mail. And... This is going to sound very petty and stupid, but I'm a female and I was waiting for a tooth lightning kit. And I paid a lot of money for it. And all my mail was still going there, all my checks. Um, I ended up ordering like another debit card too. That got sent there by accident. Had no choice but to go get my mail. Cassie asked a friend named Travis to accompany her. As she and Travis entered the apartment, Mickey was holding the mail in his hand. Cassie remembers Mickey asking, this is what you fucking came for, right? He was like, you left me. You left the best thing of your life. Like, you left, and now you're not leaving at all. And he goes in to his room, our old room, grabs his gun, and I'm just like, uh-oh. So I turn to leave. Travis leaves, and I am just like, oh, shit. Oh, this is it. I'm done. This is exactly what I was afraid of. I'm done. Over mail. And so he gets the gun. Michael gets the gun. There was a wooden table in the middle of the room. And we're both standing there. And I'm just, at this point, I'm like, fucking do it. I'm tired of your shit. Just do it. Like, you've ruined me so much. Just kill me. Please. Like, I was begging him to just do it. Kind of just testing him, too. Fucking do it. I kept saying that. And he was like, if I cannot have you, nobody's gonna have you. You're gonna die today. And all I remember is he picked me up by my throat, body slammed me onto the table, like literally like WWE type shit. And I blacked out for a little bit. And then I woke up to the gun and him just right on me, like like straddling on top of me with this gun. And I remember I was I was sitting there and I was like, don't die like this. Don't let Michael be your ending. He already fucked it up enough. So I took everything in me and I got up and got somehow I kicked the back door out and like I started screaming bloody murder, like help me, he's going to kill me. Local police from Sheridan, a city just south of Denver, responded to 911 calls about Cassie screaming as she ran out of the apartment. The officers who responded were wearing body cameras. Cassie was sitting in the driver's seat of her Honda Civic, holding the back of her head and complaining of pain. Inside, he like locked all the doors. I tried to leave. He started getting violent. He said, "You're not gonna leave. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you." So then I told him, "Please leave." I told him 20 times, "Please back up. Please leave." What's his name? Michael. What's his last name? Windecker. I came to get my stuff. Michael Windecker. Again, I want him to go to jail. I can't do this. Where's thing. Michael at now? He's inside, and he's like, he threw me against the table. Michael Windecker. He's inside the apartment. Through tears, her voice cracking with emotion and fear, Cassie told police the story you just heard. She went to get the mail, Mickey got a gun, and then grabbed her. 
and slammed her against the table. Why do you think your back hurts? Did you slam me on my back on the table like freaking WWE style? Okay. The police officer then walked up to the apartment where Mickey was waiting. In the video, I see he's wearing black pants with a wallet chain and a black short sleeve shirt with a Punisher logo printed on the upper left side. On Mickey's bedroom door was another, larger logo for the Punisher. Inside the bedroom, police officers saw what appeared to be a gun. Hey, why don't you come out of there? You got guns in there? No. There looks like an AR-15 right there. No, that's my airsoft. No, that's my airsoft, Mickey said. An airsoft rifle looks similar to a real one, but it fires pellets instead of bullets. Mickey told the police officers that Cassie was lying. He didn't assault her. She assaulted him. In fact, he said he was so sure this would happen, that she'd assault him and then claim he did it, that he secretly set up a camera to record Cassie's visit. But, oddly, the camera only recorded the first minute after Cassie arrived, and then shut off. I try to record it with my, my camera right there, but for some reason it only records a certain amount of time while I'm sitting down and it's shut off. I don't mm-hmm. know why. So then, after it's all said and done, she comes over, and I'm like, look, I told her, I still love you. I'm still worried about you. Look, I know you're on drugs. You're mm-hmm. fucking these other guys. You're doing prostitution. Stuff. I say, I still care about you, but, you know, this is not cool. She starts getting, like, she gets defensive the whole entire time. I'm like, Cassie, I'm not trying to defensive. I'm trying to talk to you and be civil here. So literally, I'm sitting, she literally blows a fucking head gasket. So I stand up. Now, literally, I'm this far away from her the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. I'm not... What do you mean she blows a head gasket? Well, that's what I'm trying to explain it. So she, I'm standing this far away from her. I stand up by the chair and I'm like, Cassie, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm mm-hmm. trying to be cool and civil here. And she's like, whatever, bro, fuck you, da-da-da. And she starts going off the fucking chain. So then she starts fucking screaming. She tosses the fucking table, starts fucking throwing the fucking chair. I literally fell over the fucking chair. Okay. That's how I got the, she got the claw mark on me and on my fucking face. Mm-hmm. I literally fall over in the fucking chair. I get up, I'm like, what the fuck? Then she goes to fucking come out. What what do you mean you got the claw mark by falling off the chair? I got the claw mark because she clawed me. She fucking clawed my fucking face in my hand. Okay. So then she starts fucking screaming, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Then she fucking goes fucking apeshit ballistic, tossing the fucking table. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, next thing you know, I'm over here like this, literally standing here. And she's like, fuck you, da-da. She grabs the fucking table, throws the fucking table, goes down with the fucking table. Gets back up, starts fucking screaming. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. She storms out the door, so I try to go. I'm like, Cassie, what the fuck is wrong with you? Calm down. Mm-hmm. Don't act like a goddamn heathen. So I go outside to talk to her, and she starts running down the street, screaming bloody fucking murder. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? One of the officers shined his flashlight on Mickey's neck, trying to find the claw marks he was claiming to have. They couldn't see any. That's when the officer asked Mickey a specific question. So, Michael, you always call us for everything. Why didn't you call us for this? Because I already saw she was on the phone with you guys, so there's no sense making two calls. How do you know she was on the phone with us? Because I could hear her screaming outside. I could hear her on the phone. That doesn't make any sense. You call us for everything, the police officer told Mickey. What he meant was, Mickey would constantly call the Sheridan Police Department, claiming to have information about crimes. His calls were so frequent that the officers knew Mickey. Mickey reported all sorts of alleged crimes, most minor. He reported a verbal disturbance when two of his neighbors were arguing. He reported a kid who was shoplifting. 
She reported a couple trying to steal a motorcycle. And on and on. Call after call to police. Yeah, Mickey was a snitch. And so if Cassie really assaulted Mickey, police officers appeared to reason. Why wouldn't he have been the first one to call them to report the incident? They concluded, inside the apartment, that Mickey was the one who assaulted Cassie. All right, put your phone down for me. Yeah, you're under arrest. Turn around, put your hands behind your back. Put your feet together, or spread your feet for me. Put your hands together. Unleash fingers. There you go. So she's not being arrested for anything? No. Thrown in a jail cell, Mickey tried, once again, to demonstrate his value as an informant, presumably to help him wriggle out of his current predicament. A police officer walked up to Mickey's jail cell door. The body camera recording the interaction. Somebody, uh, one of the officers said that you had to speak to me about a murder. What's that? Okay, well, actually, you'll need to probably talk to, to uh, detectives about that. It's tough to hear, but Mickey says, when I get out, I'll go to the scene where the murder happened. Okay, so it didn't happen in Sheridan? This, this has nothing to do with Sheridan? Okay. All right, hang tight, all right? Mickey appeared to be offering information for sale. Meanwhile, Cassie was taken to the hospital. And uh, within like 30 minutes that I was in the hospital, I get a text from uh, Michael. Hey, bitch, I'm out. And I'm just like, the cops were still there getting statements from me. And I'm like, excuse me, hello, hello. Like, and I show them the text. And they were just like, We don't know how he's out. Mickey was never charged with a crime for his alleged assault of Cassie. And Cassie continues to live in fear that one day he'll try to kill her. Everybody sees me as this very, you know, I go by killer Cassie. Oh, she's strong. She's never been through really much. You know, she's she's a bad girl. You know, oh, yeah, I am terrified. Every day when I hear a motorcycle, my IVS flares and I'm like, where's the Imodium? Like... (laughs) You gotta laugh at it because what else are you gonna do? I had told Cassie that the reason I was interested in Mickey was because he'd worked as an FBI informant who had been infiltrating racial justice activist groups. I asked her if she found that surprising. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Um, If anything, I was like, wow, he's still doing that shit? He didn't calm down? Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little selfish. I was like, at least he's staying away from me. You know, um, I felt really bad for the people that I knew he was screwing over. Everything he does just gets expunged because he's working for the cops. And it's freaking terrifying. He can literally murder somebody and they're like, well, you're giving us good information. We're just going to sweep that body under the rug because it happens a lot. Happens way more than we think. People get sweeped under, you know, put in the dirt, get cremated and then... They wipe their hands. They move on because it's a, it's a good, dirty cop. And that's exactly what's going on. Mickey's long history of deception and violence, it didn't appear to give the FBI any pause when they signed him up to spy on protesters around Denver in the summer of 2020. And it also didn't appear to concern federal agents that Mickey became a leader in the very movement he was supposed to be spying on. 
The activists even had a nickname for him. They called him Drill Sergeant. Come on, Drill Sergeant! I can't hear you! That's in the next episode. This is Trojan Hearse, season one of Alphabet Voice. Alphabet Boys is a production of Western Sound and iHeart Podcasts. The show is reported, written, and hosted by me, Trevor Aronson. For more information about the series, or to drop us a tip, head to our website, alphabetboys.xyz. You can contact me on Twitter and Instagram, at Trevor Aronson. We believe this story is important and could result in changes to FBI oversight and public policy. But to have impact, people need to hear this story. So we need your help. First, Tell your friends about the show. Personal recommendations are the best recommendations. Second, spread the word on social media. At alphabetboys.xyz, you'll find FBI undercover recordings and secret documents. You can share stuff the government never wanted public. Third, help us ride the algorithms by leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. That helps other people find us. And thanks for listening. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.